the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. When you think about the question of spiritual legacy, the impact that one person, one man, well, frankly, all of us can have on those whose lives we touch every day and the impact that our example can be, well, probably one of the most incredible names in the arena of tremendous spiritual legacies, particularly here in California, is that of Pastor Chuck Smith. And for those perhaps not old enough to remember, um, God used him in a very significant way in Southern California. It was in the middle of the Vietnam War, uh, the so-called hippie generation. Um, There were a lot of people at that period of time, perhaps not unlike today, that were really seeking something solid in their life. They, They knew that there was a disconnect. They weren't quite sure where that disconnect was happening, they just knew that they wanted something real, something significant, something that they could latch on to and literally build their lives upon. And Pastor Chuck Smith was wise enough to take the gospel message to where those people were, even if it meant being out on the beaches of Costa Mesa and sharing the good news of Christ. And of course, the spiritual legacy that he has left, not only with the impact of Calvary Chapel, but of course, Calvary Chapels all across the country and the globe is being felt to this very day. Part of that spiritual legacy joins us now. He is the lead pastor of Calvary of Hayward and Pastor Paul Stockinger. Great to have you with us today. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Um, uh, All that you said about Pastor Chuck, I I could go on and on about uh, how exactly that happened for me. but uh, yeah, it's really good to be here on. Uh, well, let's take advantage of that sort of that that opening uh, remark. Then give us some sense. How did it all happen for you? Give us a little bit of the the glimpse into your your own spiritual journey. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Fremont. Uh, been a Bay Area guy my whole life, and uh, up through high school and early college, uh, no relationship with God. I always believed in Him, but but. Uh, once I got into high school and college, it was uh, promiscuity, drugs, alcohol, all that kind of stuff. And I got saved on the campus at San Jose State University. A guy from Campus Crusade for Christ witnessed to me, and I was I was uh, low fruit, ready to come because I was just going through stuff. And the gospel sounded awesome to me, and so I prayed to receive Jesus. But then I blew the guy off because he was doing his best to, to try to uh, get me connected. And but it was I was a little bit scared. Shortly after that, I found KFAX, and I have no idea how. The Lord just led me to KFAX, and uh, so much foundation of my Christian understanding came through listening to KFAX regularly in between classes while I still went to San Jose State. Uh, for 
probably five main shows that just so helped me. The Bible Answer Man steered me clear so of so many wrong ideas, and I'm so appreciative of that. But then the four teachers were, of course, J. Vernon McGee, Charles Stanley, Chuck Swindoll, and Chuck Smith. Um, and I listened to those guys as much as I could Monday through Friday. And uh, unfortunately, it was for a couple of years without going to church at all. And then finally, there was a period where I realized I need to go be at church. I want to go be at church. I need to go meet other Christians. I knew a few, but not too many. But the foundation was laid. And so when it was time to look, I knew what I wanted. I knew what I was hungry for. And I, but I didn't know how to look. And so I, I would look up some of those guys that I listened to and figure, say, is there a church like that? And because Calvary Chapel um, had so many and was a movement, and I really liked just that simple verse by verse of Pastor Chuck, I looked for a Calvary Chapel and I was in Fremont, but there wasn't one there yet. And so this was like 1993 or four or something like that. And it did not occur to me that I could go look in another town, just literally no clue that I could go drive somewhere else. So I just kind of bounced around for a while. Well, uh, shortly after that, I, an old friend I had encountered, um, I befriended again and, uh, witnessed to her and, uh, she came to the Lord and she was living out in Livermore. So I, I said, well, hey, I'll help you look. For, even though I wasn't going to church, I said, I'll help you find a church out here. And and at the time, uh, Cornerstone Fellowship out there was affiliated with Calvary Chapel at the time. And when I found out here's a Calvary Chapel affiliate, I said, oh, I'm going to go there. So a long story short, I went there, got fully immersed, met my wife, uh, and uh, was immersed into Calvary Chapel and then um, uh, after a few years, in 1997, when, when Calvary Chapel Fremont got started, um, I had an opportunity and an open door to go be the youth pastor there. I'd been working with the youth at Cornerstone for a couple years as a volunteer. And, and uh, Pastor Tim Brown was mm -hmm. had just planted the church, and, and uh, he was looking for a youth pastor, and the Lord just opened the door. And so I became... Uh, the youth pastor there was there for eight years as the youth pastor. And, uh, and then, uh, the Lord was just pulling on my, I knew I was going to be a senior pastor. I just felt like the Lord was leading me that way. And so in 19, wait, what year was it? 2005, we planted, uh, Calvary Chapel Hayward. And so all that to say, I love Christian radio. I, I attribute so much to Christian radio. Um, but as, as, uh, uh, everyone hopefully knows it's, it's, uh, it's not the it, it, Christian radio, um, helps out the church. It doesn't replace the church. And I, I so love it. I wouldn't be where I am probably without having learned what I learned on, on Christian radio, on KFAX. And uh, I, I, want, I want that to continue. I want it to continue to just bless people and, 
encourage people, but even more than that, to move people to go, yeah, go touch people in real life and not just over the air all the time or online. So, yeah, but I really do. I just, I love KFAX. I think it's awesome. Uh, still going strong after all these years and I'm, it really is crazy. I'm on the, I'm on the air and I would listen to those guys and I think, man, those guys are just feeding me and I'm just so blessed to be able to hear this. And now I get to be interviewed on here and just, I don't know, pretty, really cool. You know, you, you read that script just exactly the way I wrote it. I appreciate that. No. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate the kind words, but you're right. At the end of the day, you know, it, it, it's simply another means of delivery, another platform. And, you know, when, when God charged the disciples with the responsibility of going into all the world and preaching the gospel, speaking of spiritual legacies, wow, you know, clearly the impact of ministries like Chuck Smith and Calvary Chapel has had a a spiritual imprint on your adult life, almost your entire adult life, and and yet, wow, think of the legacy of of the disciples. If you've just joined the conversation, we're visiting today with Pastor Paul Stockinger, lead pastor of Calvary Chapel of Hayward. A brief time out. Back to more of our discussion right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. Pastor Paul Stockinger with us today, lead pastor of Calvary Chapel of Hayward. Now, pastor Paul, as we were discussing just a moment ago, and here we sit 2,000 plus years after the fact, literally a, a, a world and generations away, and yet the Jesus that they went and spoke of as they traveled two by two and sharing their firsthand experiences as to who Christ was, why he came, and why God so loved the world, and here we are all these millennia later now, literally descendants of the efforts of the disciples. And I think it also points to to an important issue that you you touched on, uh, Pastor Paul, just a moment ago. And that is the, the, the tactile engagement with each other's lives. And, you know, it, it's interesting because sometimes I, I hear from Christians that say, well, Craig, boy, you're, you're so fortunate to be on the radio and, and, and there's the ministry that God has carved out for you. And Pastor Paul, you're in the pulpit. There's the ministry that God has carved out for you. But me, I, I don't have a theological background. I never went to a, a seminary or, you know, challenged even in memorizing scripture. I feel so ill-equipped and I'm just curious what kind of ministry might God have for me? And they might go years, decades waiting upon the Lord to give them some some sort of ministry. But I have to wonder, even as you, as a Bay Area native, grown up here, you you know what the Bay Bay Area is like. I have always felt as if if someone wants to be called to the mission field, it's an easy place to go to. It doesn't require airplane tickets. You don't have to study another culture per se. You don't even need a passport. Just open your front door and the mission field is literally theirs. Speak to that notion, if you would, particularly when it comes to ministering the gospel in not only such a culturally diverse place as the San Francisco Bay Area, but a place that also suffers from, frankly, our own success, the the, the sense of, of materialism and power and money and, and, and all that kind of comes with it. And certainly, 
in many respects, the San Francisco Bay Area sort of embodies um, so much of the materialistic side of life. Is that a stumbling block, a challenge when it comes to, to reaching people for Christ, do you think? I think it definitely is. You know, Jesus said how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than a rich man, you know. And so if uh, it's hard for people to swallow that we're wealthy, but we, we really are. All you have to do is go anywhere else in the world and see how wealthy we are. And so uh, in light of that, I, I think that's one of the challenges. I think, you know, we're, we, we can tend to be inside or outside of the church, uh, very Laodicean, you know, I'm rich, I have need of nothing, but don't realize you're wretched, miserable, or blind and naked. And I think for Christians, one of the things that would help us and serve us well in terms of like, okay, how do I have some sort of ministry is to believe that, to believe that everybody we're looking at who's wealthy and we really are like the, I don't want to make anyone feel bad, but the poor people here are wealthy, you know, in a sense. And, and, uh, if we would kind of hold on to that thought that it's hard here because we're wealthy here, just like Jesus said, it's hard to, for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And then to, to believe also that even though, people feel like i'm i'm uh i'm fine i have need of nothing uh the lord also said no you're wretched you're miserable you're poor you're blind you're naked and to to know that about ourselves but also to just look at people and go they might not realize that's what they are because the laodicean church didn't and and surely the laodicean run-of-the-mill people didn't but that's what he said we are and so to just have a sense of it's not fun to be wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. it's hard it's painful and even though it's hard to reach people they need to be reached and they want to be reached they don't know it they don't people don't know i'm wretched miserable and i really need jesus but that's where we're at and and so the challenge for us is not to preach a sermon at anybody, not to, you know, try to give them a theological lesson, but just to show the love of Jesus, to show it in just small, practical ways. Get away from being uh, uh, the kind of person who's on this side of the political divide. Get away from just focusing being up the kind of person that's on this side of the uh, culture war and and to just be like lord help me to be like you toward whoever i encounter and and of course you're not going to encounter anybody if you're only just you know staying in your house and uh the cool thing about going to church as opposed to just watching church online is it's a good practicing ground for that kind of thing. It's home, you got home field advantage when you go to church, you know, you're just, you're already at church. Everybody there's like, okay, I mean, most people, somebody might've got dragged there, but most people want to be there, you know? And, and so it's, it's a safe place to practice 
I'm going to be friendly. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to reach out to people. I'm going to, you know, try to love and, and uh, be like Jesus. So, we, you know, we go there, we practice there, and then we go out. And in that going out, I think, and we touched on this earlier, I think that, that people are really seeking something genuine. I mean, we, we look at how many false dichotomies present themselves to us every day. Social media, certainly, and the Internet has helped to encourage all of that. And then you add to it people that, that try to sort of hide. They don't want anybody to discover that they're a Christian. And yet I have to wonder if, if you're genuine in your faith and your relationship with Christ and you allow people to see that genuine experience that you have, you know, uh, it's sometimes said that um, people don't come to Christ because they've never met a Christian. Other times they say they don't come to Christ because they have. I, I, I guess that's a commentary on the, the caliber or quality of, of not only your relationship, but you, which you put forward with others. But, but, but do you think that sense of just genuinely living out your life, trusting the Holy Spirit, some people want to wait until they've reached some sort of magical spiritual plateau before they get emboldened and sharing their faith. And, and 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 others, I think, are are wise enough to understand that it's not that you've memorized the totality of Scripture, or it can serve as an incredible apologist, like a Hank Hanegraaff that you mentioned earlier, but simply be genuine in sharing your faith. Being willing to say, hey, I don't have all the answers, but we have a book called the Scripture, God's Word, where we can find the answers. And then simply leading by example. Do you think that would change the impact of how we not only see the church in the Bay Area, but most importantly, how the church is seen in the Bay Area if we live more like that? Uh, Yeah, I I definitely think so. Um, Leading by example, servant leadership, you know. Um, one of, one of the things that, uh, you know, when you, when I read the gospels, that's what I see Jesus doing, he's doing it. And then eventually he goes, okay, now you guys do it. Um, the, the spiritual heritage I have from, uh, Calvary chapel, same type of thing. We, we, uh, see, we go, we go in and we see guys do it and then they go, okay, now you go for it and do it. And, um, what it, what it does is it you know we're kind of going side by side and it makes it go okay well this is this is just me i love jesus i figure you know people if you're a christian you, you love the lord you want you want him to be involved in every aspect of your life but then and and you want him to use you but then we're a little bit afraid but um, if we hang out, if we're watching others, if we're, you know, in person and that kind of thing, then uh, I, I just think it all rubs off. I think that kind of stuff, you know, here I am, I'm with somebody who's doing these things and I like what I see and I want to be like that guy. Well, he's already become like somebody. He's become like Jesus. She's become like Jesus. And and uh, uh, and then you realize it's. Well, they they survived it, or, or maybe you don't think it consciously, but you realize, hey, they survived. I can say what that that person said. I mean it too. It's true what, what he said to that, and and I think those things just rub off, and it it would be good for people to uh, 
do that. Well, and what you're thinking, I think you're, what you're really talking about, Pastor, is is what real baseline discipleship is all about. And and learning from one another, you know, the older women teach the younger women, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and the notion that leading by example, discipling someone in Christ, and then they in turn discipling others. I mean, again, talking about spiritual leg- legacy, many of us are the product of generations of exactly that very thing taking place. And, and, and maybe part of the challenge here is, and you kind of alluded to this a moment ago, I, I hear Christians that sometimes... Are, are are in the dialogue simply because they want to prove a point, they want to perhaps embarrass somebody as to why their position on whatever the topic de jour may be, as to why they're wrong about this. I often hear believers talk about owning the libs, and I think to myself, now what exactly does that mean, and how might things look radically different if we spent less time owning the libs and more time, try this one on for size, reaching the lost, sharing our faith, being Christ's representatives, engaging in true mentorship or, or better put, discipleship. If you've just joined the conversation, we're visiting today with Pastor Paul Stockinger, lead pastor of Calvary Chapel of Hayward. A brief time out. Back to more of our discussion right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. Pastor Paul Stockinger with us today, lead pastor of Calvary Chapel of Hayward. Now, Pastor Paul, let's pick things up where we left off a moment ago. I think the enemy, in some respects, has has taken our own sense of frustration and confusion and our desire to want to fix fix things, um, but but cause that instead as a, as a distraction and frankly at some levels division. All the meanwhile, if he can get our attention off of the job at hand, being disciples, preaching the word, sharing the truth, and can get us focused on all of these other things, then let's face it: at the end of the day, if he's successful at that, he's virtually won. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, I'm like anybody else. I have strong political positions. I have strong, you know, culture ideas that I, I feel strongly about, but it's as Christians, we have to remember that everybody does that. Mm -hmm. Everybody, anywhere you go, you will get political argument. You will get you know, social argument, you will get, you can get that on every TV show, every news program, like you name it, it's there. You get it at work. You get everywhere you go, you get that. And we have something that nobody else gives as the church. We have the the message of salvation. We have a savior. We have Jesus Christ died and rose again. We have and you won't get that anywhere else that you we alone the the, the no matter how long you're going to watch tv or be surf the internet or read your news sites they're not going to give that so it's really kind of tragic that as christians we would and you're right the devil really has done a number he's gotten us sucked into that kind of mindset that you know we got to straighten these people out with the counter argument that's so wrong. 
if they come, if if the world comes to a Christian and gets the same thing they can get anywhere else, we have completely blown what we're what we're supposed to be about. They're supposed to be able to come to a Christian and get something they can get nowhere else. The love of God, His grace, that He's got a plan, He's coming, you know. And and if we just waste our time with the same old political arguments and man, what a waste. And and uh and again I always tell my our church, you know, go vote. That's not what I'm saying. But it's so minor compared to what we really have as our our assignment, our message, uh, and and it's so much better. It's so much better. Well, and you know we we are often exhorted to to be salt and light. I think sadly some folks forget about the light part, and they do a great job on the salt part. But they've misinterpreted. They think the salt is there to rub it in the wound, yeah. as opposed to the salt from the perspective of being preservative. And and yeah. you know the the light portion. Listen, if we're not going to let our light shine, um, then who's going to shine it? And and quite frankly, I think sometimes Christians get get bogged down in details. We try to do the job of the Holy Spirit. Then we uh, we're so busy doing His job, we don't have time to do our job, or we don't quite understand what our job is, and then as a result, when it doesn't get done and we look at the world around us and say, my goodness, all of this moral decay, immorality, uh, people making themselves more and more distant from the Judeo-Christian ethic the country was founded upon, people are not going to church on Sunday anymore. Well, what's, what's happening here? And, and I have to wonder, you know, at the end of the day, Scripture, you know, raises a very valid question. How will they hear unless there be a preacher? In other words, if we're not out there, you know, putting our light on top of the bushel basket for all to see as opposed to hiding it because we think the strong wind might blow out that flame, my goodness, then it's time for, I think, some really serious introspection as to not only who we are, but most importantly, what does our real relationship with Christ look like? Is it something that we do on Sundays because it feels good, because we always have, because we were raised in the church? Or is it a part of our our DNA that we we are a part of the body of Christ and therefore it's important that we read God's word, pray, be engaged in fellowship with one another, having that iron sharpening iron experience and then going out into the highways and byways and compelling them to come in as opposed to the notion that some have that we just hang up a shingle and they will come. Well, we know from, from history and experience it just doesn't quite work that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, we we uh, we need to. Uh, so a lot of people um, not only need to relearn, but those that already know it continue to learn uh, outreach. You know, reaching out and uh, um, making making effort in that way, asking the Lord for you know uh, his his the Holy Spirit to daily lead us. Who, who we might talk to. We had a lady visit church yesterday. She was from Virginia. She goes to a, a Southern Baptist church out there. She um, was visiting some family out here and um, real sweet lady. She asked, um, I talked to her a little bit after the service and I asked her, you know, whenever someone visits, I, I always ask, how'd you find us? 
And she said, well, my daughter goes to a Calvary out uh, in where, where she lives. And so whenever I visit somewhere, I, I'll look for a Baptist church or a Calvary. That's just what, you know, that's what I like and what I want. And, and she said, but I always pray. I want the Holy Spirit to be the one that decides. So I, I came here and she, I talked to her for a little bit and then she left and then she came back. She said, I wanted to share something that just happened. And she told me two things happened. Her, her Uber driver on the way was a Jehovah's Witness. And she said she got to, she had a really good conversation with him and got to witness to him. And then when she was leaving, you know, we're, we're on, uh, B Street in downtown Hayward. There's a lot of foot traffic sometimes. And she just started talking to a lady. And before you knew it, the lady was sharing some things and she was able to pray with her and encourage her and said, there's a church right here. You should come here, come check it out. And, uh, you know, she was, she and she said, I just wanted to tell you that because, you know, I prayed that the Lord would tell me where to come. And I really did enjoy the service. But I know that that was the real reason why the Holy Spirit had me come to this church. Because and I said, yeah, because there's other good churches. He could have led you anywhere. Didn't have to be our church. I think we have a good church. But, you know, there's other good churches, too. And she said, but that but I know that's why the Holy Spirit had me come here. And I and I just was so encouraged. I. That happened after church. I can't wait to share that with with our church. On, and you know uh, what's exciting church. about that, Pastor Paul, is it's demonstrative of just what we've been talking about. That, that this doesn't have to be something extremely complex and complicated. I mean, can you go on a missions trip? And share the gospel? Absolutely. And I encourage every believer to, to do it at least once in life. And you'll probably find once you do that you're, the bug bites and you want to do it more often. That said, though, the mission field is literally outside of our door. How ironic it is that some Christians get excited about going on a missions trip. And yet if you ask them, by the way, uh, who's your next door neighbor? You've lived there for, oh, yeah, I've lived here for 20 years. Who's your next door neighbor? Well, gee, I don't know. I mean, we don't really talk. Yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah, so yeah. you've never even struck up a conversation with your next door neighbor that might just be in the position waiting for a believer to come along and say, gee, anything I can pray for you about? And then I'm find out they're going through marital problems. The family members got cancer, whatever it might be. God opens a door for you to engage in ministry right there. And you can practically reach out and touch them. And yet that doesn't take place, but you're you're happy to go on a missions trip. Again, this is not a not a campaign against mission trips. I'm a strong believer in them, believe me. Yeah. If you've just joined the conversation, we're visiting today with Pastor Paul Stockinger, lead pastor of Calvary Chapel of Hayward. A brief time out. Back to more of our discussion right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. Pastor Paul Stockinger with us today, lead pastor of Calvary Chapel of Hayward. Now, Pastor Paul, as we were discussing just a moment ago, I think that there also has to be some awareness of, of allowing God to use us right where we are and touching the lives that we come in contact with and engage with every single day. Day, I know when my mother was going through her her cancer experience that lasted about thirteen and a half years before the Lord called her a home. She knew that she wanted to make the best of this. She knew that God was in control no matter what happened, and she also knew that she had a story to tell. And by golly, she was going to tell it. And anybody that stood still long enough, if she had an opportunity, she would share a bit of her story. And more often than not, 
It turned into a moment of praying for people, reaching people for Christ, leading them to the Lord, directing them to a church, e- even giving away Bibles, if it, if that's what, what the Lord laid on her heart. And it was just simply a matter of, even in those circumstances, being available. And maybe that's the maybe that's kind of the undercurrent, the, the underlying message here, is that we as the church, we need to be more available to whatever it is the Holy Spirit would have us to do. Yeah, I... I... I like to pray that the because I'm 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 kind of tunnel vision type of person by nature, and so it it doesn't come naturally for me to do that kind to like reach out. But so I pray I I know I want to, and so I pray Lord help me to to notice when you're you know when you're leading me to do something or to to notice when something I'm already doing could be just give an, a little extra nudge in a direction that it would bless somebody super. I'm, I'm still thinking about Christmas. So, you know, it's here. It is a month and a half later, but I, <laughs> my daughters love to bake at, like so many people bake at Christmas time. And so, you know, it was a few years ago. We're like, we're friendly to all our neighbors in terms of saying hi, but how, how easy to just, so my wife and I just started making little taking all the bakings that our daughters were already making and putting putting little packages together and we just go to every door and knock on the door in person who isn't going to enjoy a simple little gift you know and you're already doing it and they already and they already know it's christmas and they already know you know it's not weird you know oh it's christmas and our neighbors are being friendly and just that kind of stuff i wouldn't have thought of that on my own but i we asked the lord to give us some idea and just and then and then you just go or like the lady who came to our church the other day and she's clearly already a friendly person and she's oh somebody walked by hi next thing you know she's praying for somebody and if we're christians we're already praying we know how to pray i hope we better know how to pray if we're christians and uh so you how simple to just here you are talking to somebody and just listening for what they you know might have needs with and just such a simple thing hey can i pray for you about that Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. and and so many people they you know they might not respond to a lot of things but i think a lot of people whether they're christians or not probably a lot of people would be like well yeah sure why not if it's nothing more than just in that moment to say god Please show me where and how you can use me, and then yeah. trust the Holy Spirit to give you the words and and uh, and and be be engaged um, in 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 the lives of others as as God has called us to do. Pastor Stockinger, let's spend a moment and talk a bit about Calvary Chapel of Hayward. Um, you shared some of the roots of the founding of the church. For folks that are maybe new to the San Francisco Bay Area, looking for a, a church home, maybe they've just recently relocated or uh, are in a position where the family is growing and they're looking for a church that can better suit their needs. Tell us a bit about what's God doing at Calvary of Hayward. Well, um, let me just say a little bit about our church and then what we're, what, what God's doing, but we're, we're a pretty small church. Um, very, uh, casual. Uh, so if you were to come here, you'd, uh, the front of our, 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 uh, the front of our building, it's, it's a storefront. It doesn't look like much. It's relatively small. When people come here, they, they either park on the street or in the bank next door, the banks, uh, uh, gracious enough to let us do that. 
and so it doesn't look like much but when you walk in it's it's uh casual it's warm our church is very welcoming i i i'm always amazed how god it's one of those things that i feel like god uh it, the the body of christ is so cool because you see uh lackings in one area made up for in another area and i i'm the kind of person that's not uh i'm i'm pretty good one-on-one but when it comes to group settings and stuff i'm very comfortable behind the pulpit just because i've been doing it for so long but but i just gathering in a crowd i'm not real good at that but our church so makes up for that we have so many warm and friendly uh and outgoing people in our in our little church and and it's cool um probably two of the the coolest things that i'm looking forward to and excited about right now in our church is uh we've been doing a saturday morning men's bible study for uh a number of years um it's had different uh you know seasons of things that we do and in the last few months we've been just kind of wondering uh, how to stir it up, how to mix it up again. So we've been praying about it. And, um, what we decided on is starting in March, we're gonna, it was just a men's Bible study. We t- have guys take turns, but what we've decided on is, uh, we want to make a concerted effort to, uh, leadership training for men, for the men in our church. I got my eye on the younger guys. I just want to see some of these younger guys step up and we have some, we have some uh, younger guys in our church that are uh, already serving, and I want to pour into them more. But but some of the other guys, and and uh, so there, we have guys, I look at them, and I know they already have giftings. They just need a little bit more training. And so what we're our Saturday morning is going to be, we're going to do things like teach guys how to prepare a Bible study, teach guys how to uh, lead a Bible study, uh uh, challenge guys with, uh, serving in ways that, you know, stretch them a little bit or that they wouldn't have thought of simple stuff like, Hey, why don't you, uh, commit to cleaning after church? It is super simple stuff. Anyone can clean. Um, and, and then, uh, as we do that, whatever the Lord does with it, I'll, I'll be praying and have my eyes on like how to challenge guys. If maybe there's a future elder in there somewhere, maybe there's somebody like that. But, um, this is just one of those things. I, I'm, I'm 51 years old and I've been pastoring here for 18 years and it was a youth pastor for eight years before that. And I'm like, I've never really made a real strong, purposeful effort on that uh to like go okay i'm going i'm going after i'm going to go after guys now guys that are already here they're already part of our church but i want to uh go after them and i know it's going to take the holy spirit to do that but but i'm going to give them a a chance to do that so this is something we're going to start and uh i think it was birthed out of prayer and so i think he's gonna the lord's gonna do something with it Goes right back to the heart of that uh, that discipleship and mentoring we we talked about earlier. That's that's exciting stuff. Uh, 
Pastor Paul, for folks that are listening that say, gee, you know, I like what I hear. I'd love to go and check out the church. I know that you meet at 1244 B Street. That's in the city of Hayward, again, at 1244 B Street. That's not right downtown, though, is it? That That's that's up a little bit ways more east eastward. Yeah, yeah, it's east of Foothill. So we're right near the corner of 2nd and B Street. 2nd and B Street in Hayward. And again, you can get information on the web at calvaryhayward.com. That's calvaryhayward.com. Dot com Service times, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and then uh, Wednesday night midweek fellowship at 7 p.m.? Right, right. Our Wednesday night, we go through the Bible. Uh, we, try to, we try to tackle a couple of chapters a week just so that we can, it's like a survey. So like we're in, uh, we're in Exodus right now. We'll like tomorrow we'll do uh, chapter, we'll shoot to do chapter 23 and 24. And then Sunday mornings, we, we, uh, uh, do an in-depth, uh, our sermons come from in-depth study through a book of the Bible. And right now we're going through the Gospel of John. Good stuff. And sounds like the Wednesday night then is kind of a systematic uh, work your way through scripture. So you're, you're borrowing from Dr. McGee. Huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, uh, I'm blessed because, or uh, it blew me away recently. It was about a year and a half ago. I, I realized we, we went through the whole Bible. We, we made, we did the whole, since I've been here, we've taught through the whole Bible. That's right? neat. Did you do it yeah. in five years? No, more oh, no. It took, it took you more than five <laughs> no, no, years, no. though. See, Dr. Biggie can do it in five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I talk way too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pastor Paul, we sure appreciate your time today. Pastor Paul Stockinger, lead pastor of Calvary of Hayward. Again, information available on the web at calvaryhayward.com. That's calvaryhayward.com. Service times Sundays at 10 a.m., midweek Bible study and fellowship at 7 p.m. Details again on the web at calvaryhayward.com. Word.com. Pastor Paul Stockinger, we appreciate so much your time and uh, spending a bit of it with us today. Thank you. It's been great to be here. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time around, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.